I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. You're listening to the podcast edition of our broadcast. I'm delighted to welcome Claude Taylor to the program. Welcome, Claude. Hi, how are you? He is the brainchild behind Mad Dog Pack. If you were in Tulsa and saw a billboard showing the destruction and death caused by this administration's neglect um, and scientific illiteracy, and malice and, and malevolence and um, the destruction that we've seen, 100,000 and counting bodies. That is Claude's work. Claude, you came up with this idea that is really vital um, when you think of educating the public. We are in a wartime mentality because there's a war on truth. There has been a war on truth for three years, four years almost. And now there's actually a war on our fellow Americans by the neglect of the pandemic. And you put up billboards in some major cities with Trump's face, I take no responsibility, and a count of how many people have died from COVID. Uh, Where are those billboards? Uh, We have one up in Tulsa uh, that we put up uh, uh, in in time for the rally um, about a month ago um, in Tulsa. Uh, so some people represented on that by the count on that billboard um, actually have died as a result of the rally that we put it up for in Tulsa, if, if that makes uh, any sense. Uh, we have one up, our first one was up in uh, just north of Flint, Michigan, um, on a major highway, um, um, I-75, I believe. Um, and we have one in Charlotte, North Carolina that we put up a couple months ago when we thought the Republican National Convention was going to be there. Um, and apparently it's not, and it, it may not even happen, but if it happens, it's going to be in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're going to have one up in Jacksonville, um, you know, in case they try to pull off a convention there, which is uh, not something uh, the local authorities want any part of, from what I understand. Claude, those are two of three swing states. So you are having an impact from all the drivers and I'm sure people passing through Tulsa and may see the billboard are, are also from neighboring states, if not swing well, states. Well, we, we put up the Tulsa one specifically. For the rally. Uh, for the rally. And it was, right. a, it, was a, it was sort of a one, you know, they're kind of one month contracts. So, you know. No, we it, makes, able... it makes sense. I, I, yeah. I, so, I just... yeah, so we got it up about three days before the rally and you know the the rest uh you know the time since then has just been you know in addition to running the pack um you are behind one of the most entertaining and engaging twitter accounts um rate my skype room which folks can follow for this period of pandemic when often live television and other media have been done from people's living rooms patios and uh, other parts of their of their homes but the point is that you're interacting with users on Twitter. What have been your interactions on Twitter or just via email with people who've seen the billboard ads so far? Well, the billboards, you know, we've done a lot of billboards over the last two and a half years um, since uh, um, I started the, the political action committee, Mad Dog Pack. So we've put up about 150 odd something billboards. Uh, depending on how you count them and how you count the number of mobile billboards and air banners and other things. But 
we get a lot of lot of reaction. Um, you know, occasionally we'll get somebody who's not as you know not as positive. Um, we have had them shot at. Um, we had one burned. Um, there was one that was set on fire, uh, but that's out of 150. Um, uh, most people, uh, you know, uh, react positively to them who are on our side, and the ones who aren't on our side, uh, perhaps it makes them think for a little bit. Right, exactly. Or how about those folks who may have been duped in 2016? And yes, there's just- those people, and also we're trying to reach. You know, I mean. Mad Dog Pack and my Twitter account on my, I guess, two t- Twitter accounts, I was trying to reach people uh, with the political messaging who really aren't on Twitter. You know, maybe people who are really just relying on Fox News for their information. Um, so we, we tend to put a lot of our, our billboards up in rural areas. We put a lot of our billboards up in, in pretty, uh, you know, not just in swing states, although that is going to be more of our focus now. Um, but we put billboards up in a lot of places uh, just to try to raise a little bit of awareness out there. And it seems perfectly timed and tactically brilliant because this is an area where if you ask the Clinton campaign from 2016, well, what might we have done differently? Of course, visit Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, but put up billboards in those states too. I, I think, I don't know if that's your intent, but it's it certainly does well, seem to it's just, you know, it's just, it's one more arrow in the quiver. You know, we're not going to be buying 30-second national TV spots. Uh, um, and, you know, we're not the Lincoln Project, God bless them. Uh, but we're able to do um, our thing and um, kind of our lane is mostly what is called outdoor advertising. Um, the billboards are, are fun. Um, we've actually just, uh, uh, we've actually just, started a new project and we've actually bought our own um, billboard truck. So right now we're running around uh, uh, DC. Um, uh, the truck is on the road as we speak, um, running around Capitol Hill and downtown DC. On Saturday and Sunday, I and the driver um, went out to uh, Trump National Golf Course uh, in Sterling, Virginia, and we got some a uh, pretty amazing placement of the of the billboard truck uh, uh, with a motorcade uh, hanging a right hand turn into the uh, golf course, and it has to go right by this billboard truck, which says "Treasonous Traitor Trump." Um, and uh, uh, the photos uh, uh, and the video, frankly, were were fantastic. So we're making a, um, I think, a pretty good impact for. Uh, you know, the little pack that could. Absolutely. Claude, I'd put you right up there with the Lincoln Project on the efficacy. Um, and, and I'm sure the scale um, with important communities, you, you don't have the, the staffing, the personnel, the budget of those other projects, but you're doing some truly important educational work, my friend. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I have to say this for, on, on, if I can, on the billboard truck, as far as I know, I, I've, lots of organizations have re- rented billboard trucks just as we rent billboards. But as far as I know, I'm the first political organization to actually purchase its own billboard truck. So in some little minor footnote 
of uh, 2020. I, I hope somebody records um, that small fact. Um, for, yeah, that's you know, useful for, to know. I would also be interested to know, Claude, in, in what proximity were your ads, your billboards in Tulsa and Flint and Charlotte to the nearest other political billboard? Um, I, you know, I know that you're a small shop, so you may not know that offhand, but I'd be curious to know what other political billboards exist within a, a radius and, and, you know, five miles, 10 miles of the ones that you all put up. I, I don't have a specific answer. I do know that in Tulsa that there were there was other political messaging. In fact, we were, because they were digital billboards, not to get too technical, but they kind of moved us around a little bit. And we were on a couple different billboards in Tulsa. Uh, we were going for proximity to the, the site of the event, of the rally. Um, and there, there was other political messaging on other billboards at the same time um, ours was. But like like us, they were motivated by the, the rally that was about to happen. Um, in the other places, uh, the political messaging were a little bit, we're still not in the main season, so we don't really have a lot of other um, outdoor advertising billboards um, up yet, uh, but we are starting to see more and more. And let me ask you this too. Have you faced any resistance from the companies that own the billboards where you're presumably renting the space, you're leasing them. Yeah. Um, money talks, but in some cases, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. no, there, there's always a process of, of, uh, of, of getting um, art approved. And we basically, not everybody's going to say yes, but there's enough billboards out there and there are enough vendors who simply want the money uh, that we're able to get we're not always able to get the billboard precisely where we wanted it to be, but we're usually able to get a billboard about where we wanted it to be. So sometimes we have to take our second or third choice on location because we have a vendor who's not, who doesn't want to uh, um, put up our message. It's just a fact the billboard industry um, is uh, kind of more red than blue. Um, you know, there's just, there's still a lot of good old boys wearing white shoes and white belts, um, you know, in the industry. Um, and yet it's, it's not monopolized to the point of being like a Sinclair network of, of only outfits that would deny you. So you've had the opportunity to go into, into red states or purple states and, mm -hmm. and place them where you want. Let me ask you about what's been going on with the abuse of the Justice Department and military in the Northwest. Um, there seems to be an ongoing authoritarian response to peaceful protest. We saw some of it in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere during this pandemic. But um, have you given any thought to billboards in, in that community? It, it, it is largely progressive and liberal states where this yeah. is happening, but it seems like your presence might be important. I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, that issue, uh, I'm not sure... Uh, if, if, the, if billboards is really the right approach there. Frankly, I think in, in Portland, what the wall of moms is doing is so vital and so important. I think elevating and supporting their message and, and their activism um, is something that uh, people can do. Um, just as a side note, I, I have a sort of a personal interest in Portland 
um, as I have a college-age student who is uh, uh, in school there and, and, and let's just say involved. So what, what is, how would you direct our listeners to be involved to the extent that they're comfortable and, and not necessarily wanting to put their bodies at risk? Um, some people may want to do that, but what, what, what are you directing people to do? Well, if you like what we do, which is we kind of get in Trump's face with, uh, with very uh, anti-Trump messages and sp specifically, you know, billboards. Um, we also go after Mitch McConnell. We have uh, Moscow Mitch up in uh, Kentucky. Um, we've done a couple, uh, three billboards up in South Carolina against Lindsey Graham calling out his hypocrisy. Um, if you like what we do, go to maddogpack.com. Um, and make a contribution or buy some merch. We do. We fund most of our projects, um, especially the the current uh, billboard truck uh, with uh, um, merch that we make or have made. Um, and there's some, there's some cool fun stuff that if you buy it, it uh, helps support these uh, these billboards. Claude, how important is advertising? compared to the grassroots mobilization that will have to occur in the weeks leading up to November 3rd and of course on November 3rd? Oh, well, it, you know, the, the, again, we go back to, you know, they're all necessary tools to have in the toolbox. You know, we're just playing one little part, but the, the state parties play a part, the local grassroots democratic clubs and civic organizations pay, uh, play a part. Uh, Neighbors talking to neighbors plays a part, and we all play a part in making sure we're registered to vote and making sure our friends are and making sure we all get out to the polls. Um, so, you know, advertising is important, um, but it's not, it's not to say some of those other elements are, aren't just as important, if not more important. And as far as Mad Dog Pack is concerned, you know, we're just doing what we can. We do have a uh, this new advantage of having a billboard truck where we can actually get it in view of the president. It went back and forth past the White House uh, in full view of the South Lawn um, a dozen times today. And, you know, it's just, it, it's not, you know, in, in of itself, it may not be the most important thing in the world, but, you know, it's one way to fight back against fascism. You wake up November 4th or November 5th, uh, when the returns are counted, I suppose this is two different questions because we may not have the immediate answer on the Electoral College numbers in the first 24 hours after November 3rd. But you wake up November 4th, or let's say you wake up a week later, and what is the best case scenario and what is the worst case scenario, I, I have to ask you. Well, but the best case scenario is that Biden has won by such an overwhelming electoral advantage is not even Trump and his team can get away or try to pull off uh, staying in office and challenging the results. Anything less than that, and he's sure to. You know, we, we know he's not going to he's not going to go away quietly. We know he's not going to he's not going to go away uh, with any kind of dignity or grace. Um, you know, so it, it, it could get ugly frankly, uh, depending on how close it is. Uh, if it's not close at all, it may not become that much of an issue because I don't think he'll have any, any kind of institutional support uh, you know, from the military, from the chairman of the Joint Chief, you know, from the, you know, I mean, frankly, from some of his own people. Uh, 
who who realize that you know they will forever be uh, in legal jeopardy if they support uh, a uh, an illegal uh, what at that point would be an illegal seizure of power. I suppose we know the answer to worst case scenario, and worst case scenario could occur if it's a very close contest or if the electoral college outcome favors Trump again, but it's, it's worth hearing your perspective to expound on that because of the complacency in 2016. And even with the 2018 retaking of the house and kind of back to normal uh, political environment, there had been Senate elections in every state in 2018, the United States Senate would be controlled by Democrats. Um, So, you know, worst case scenario is is what from from your perspective right now and, and and how how can it be averted well worst case scenario is essentially uh, some form of, of of military coup where he and a few rogue ele- elements um, um, maintain physical control of the white house and uh, he he asserts his authority uh, uh, challenges the election claims to be still president um, you know, after November, after January 20th, or whatever, and he has to be physically removed from the White House. Um, uh, you know, I guess that you know, at that point, it's a you know we're we're in a in a, a state of you know uh, it's a coup. But I mean, the the possibility or plausibility of a legitimate electoral college victory is still in sight for him. And notwithstanding poll numbers and a, a, a nosedive in popular support. Well, you know, I mean, it's not looking very good for him. I mean, so, you know, I mean, it's possible he'll turn things around. You know, I mean, I, I along with most of the world, did not exactly predict the uh, outcome of election night um, last time. So I, I hesitate to, to throw out electoral numbers, but... You know, right now it's, you know, with uh, Biden's, you know, national lead of, of almost uh, 15 points, you know, that does translate into uh, a lot of state leads. And when you've got states like Georgia and, and Texas and, you know, uh, you know Florida are, are up for grabs, if not, if not leaning Biden, I mean, you know, that, that, that you know, that those are significant indicators of what, of what could be about to transpire. I mean, if we're if we're all fortunate, we'll have an overwhelming electoral uh, victory for yeah. Biden. I mean, there and, there is there is precedent for comebacks of this scale. You can look at Hillary and, and Dukakis. I mean, you, you, those you can look at sixteen, and you can look at eighty eight with with not as a parallel, but just as an example of where the numbers really couldn't add up um, for um, HW and, and, and also during the summer months of 16, they, you know, they couldn't really add up for Trump. So uh, I, I do, I am concerned about complacency. Oh yes. I mean, you know, we always have to run like we're 10 points down always without a doubt. Yeah. uh, no disagreement at all there. Let me ask you a final question. The, you refer to some of Donald Trump's enablers, and you have Moscow Mitch up in Kentucky. 
if it is a very close election, but you know Biden comes in with an electoral college victory, you know, he's he's past two seventy. Uh, maybe he's not past 270 on election night, but, you know, in the hours after he, he is past 270, it might be November 4th, November 5th. And well, the, the, longer, the, the longer it takes, the more dangerous it is. Exactly. And, and, and the yeah. longer it takes, the more likely it is that people like Mark Meadows and Mitch McConnell, specifically, I just want to close on this question about Mitch, the same person who said it was illegitimate for the Garland seat to be filled and it's legitimate in an election year to fill if there's a vacancy during this election year. So it's the same person where up is down, left is right. Yeah. Lawfulness is unlawfulness. Norms are not norms. Um, I think it ought to come to the attention of the American people that if Biden doesn't have 270 by 11 o'clock, or, or let's just say, to give the benefit of the doubt, 2 a.m., November 4th, that uh, Donald Trump might successfully enlist people, not just the Matt Geitzes and Jim Jordans, but people like Mitch McConnell to uh, delegitimize the election, uh, not just make this a Trump family uh, delegitimization, but, but a... But a McConnell Trump delegitimization. Uh, if if that is the scenario, and and Biden is up by a few electoral votes exceeding two seventy, but it's not until the morning of the next day or maybe the day after. Do you, do you agree with me that the American people should be prepared for Mitch McConnell to engage in the same delegitimacy or delegitimization? as Donald Trump? Oh, well, I mean, no one's, no one's ever going to be surprised by Mitch McConnell's, you know, shortcomings in character. I mean, I mean, you know, he's not going to suddenly rise to some moral occasion that he's never been able to before. If he's given the slightest opportunity to do the wrong thing, he will. You know, on the other hand, if he, if he, sees it as as it as it not working his first instinct will be to to protect uh mitch mcconnell so you know the the answer to the question is is what is what is in mitch mcconnell's best interests at that moment very good claude well keep those billboards up wherever you can mad dog pack rate my skype room are invaluable let's let's put an emphasis on the mad dog pack and the billboards um the other is is important, but it's it's uh, entertainment more than the future very, very of, much. Of, the, of the republic, right? Yes, very much so. The rate my Skype room, the room waiter account is is really not meant to be taken that seriously. <laughs> well, we I take those billboards seriously, and they're absolutely civic minded and of utmost importance. Thank you, Claude Taylor, for being on the open mind today. You're welcome.